0: recruiting ish web three world-class podcast let's get it let's go the topics of discussion you cannot get from another opportunities in web three we got you covered meta intro been dope gotta thank you for the love and support that you give it. keep it coming we going up in jazz b's interviews with the making moves. Let's see. It's a brand new world of NFTs. Join in Recruiting-ish Podcast. Yes, please. Join in Recruiting-ish Podcast. Yes, please. Meta Intro does not give financial advice. Information provided by Meta Intro is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Always do your own research on the companies that you apply to and the opportunities that you invest in.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Recruiting-ish Podcast. It's Tuesday, and we're here talking all things hiring in web three. Got a slightly different episode than what we've been doing. We've been trying to test out some new concepts around just the job market in web 3. Obviously, there's a, a lot of craziness, so we want to bring on individuals that are experiencing that firsthand, but as well, have awesome skill sets so that we can hopefully get their information in front of the right people in places. Um, so today with us as a special guest, we've got Carlos. Uh, Carlos and I have been connected for I want to say about a year now. Um, chatting back and forth through LinkedIn, engaging with posts, again, kind of, you know, wading through the craziness of the market and and kind of what that looks like. Um, Carlos,
0: welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You bet.
1: Well, I obviously know your background, but the listeners um, listening are are new to you. I mean, broadly you came from traditional finance worked your way into you know the digital asset web3 space tell us a little bit about you know that journey and and kind of what that looks like what your roles were kind of who you are and, and what you've done
0: yeah more than happy to so um started my career at TD Ameritrade started in back office just processing new account applications at the time TD Ameritrade had just opened their Texas office so we were still trying to structure the team at the time So one of the things that I actually assisted with was uh, setting up the team uh, and setting up a new application for TD Ameritrade during that timeframe, which just meant uh, having a bunch of meetings with compliance, legal, ensuring that our application met uh, requirements by the SEC and FINRA and other entities uh, that govern brokerage firms, just like TD. So that was my first role. Uh, After that, I wanted to move more to the client facing area so I actually joined the the new client development group. During that time, I actually took calls and would onboard new clients, uh, more of a sell structure but uh, very client-oriented. The goal wasn't to really cross-sell any products. It was mainly to onboard and ensure that clients had a great understanding of our platforms and what it was that we were actually offering. So that was one of the uh, roles that got me... Uh, to the next stepping stone, which is Fidelity Investments. And uh, I wanna say and give a shout out to Fidelity Investments here, because it's one of the top notch firms that I have ever worked for with very high standards. Um, You can work at Schwab, you can work at TD Ameritrade, but Fidelity Investments really does not leave a gray area for any broker or agent or associate that's looking to join a firm. It's pretty black and white um so that's what i love about fidelity investments the risk mitigation and what what took place at fidelity investments again client facing i i was new to fidelity so they gave me a test run and i started as just a general representative um for mutual funds equities derivatives uh but more on the uh lower end of uh, volume so i was trading less volume at the time uh soon enough, I already had lots of experience backing me up. So soon enough, I got promoted to the uh, ultra high net worth and high net worth position at Fidelity Investments, where I dealt with clients that had a specific threshold of assets and specific uh, needs, right? Someone who has a couple million dollars under their belt is definitely going to have different needs and suitability than someone who's trading $100 a a week. It's just reality. So we had to go ahead and ensure that or every client was taken care of and people really understood the situation. So that's where I came in and started assisting people with purchasing homes, placing very high volume trades. This was for mutual funds, equities, uh, derivatives. Some of these trades could potentially move the market, right? And as I said, Fidelity Investments is so compliant. So there's a system in place to break down these trades if needed to. So I enjoyed my time there. Fide- Fidelity really gave me a glimpse of what it meant to run a high quality firm. Um, So shortly after that, uh, and and we're gonna have to backtrack to 2017. So in 2017, I actually had a project which I sold to TD Ameritrade. It was a blockchain project. It was the first time I had ever been involved in any crypto uh, blockchain. I've heard about it previously, but it was the first time that I went hands-on crypto. So in 2017 i actually um just very basic now right it's very basic but at the time it was innovative in the sense that i was looking to place all the proxy votes for equity holders in companies on chain to ensure that they knew that their vote actually counted right it's one thing to submit a proxy vote to a firm And then you don't see, even at TD Ameritrade or Fidelity Investments, you don't see if the broker actually recorded that for you. But how cool would it be to see that on chain? So I came up with this uh, nice idea, which I presented to executives and uh, TD Ameritrade owners. And basically, they liked the fact that you could put proxy voting out on chain and show your investors that you actually went ahead and executed their specific proxy vote. Or, you know, if they wanted to vote against uh, a structure or a specific decision, etc., you, you could do it and it was all crystal clear on-chain. So that's what I came up with uh, back in 2017. And that's important to backtrack on because the next stepping stone was the public relations role that I had, which was very tech-oriented in the sense of we were looking to create a marketing team and an informational team for um people who are tech based, people who are on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram. So I got I had the opportunity to work with uh Michael. Michael's a great guy, currently manages the uh the Fidelity Investments um Reddit social media team. I, I believe they're now the social media team because at first we started with Reddit. Now they evolved to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you name it, they're probably there now. You know, it's a it's a great group of people, great group of writers. So I worked there uh, for a few months, and questions started coming up on, you know, redditors demand a lot of things on on Reddit. So we were we were listening, and here's the awesome part because we were listening and we structured this team. Fidelity Investments actually started uh, inputting more features to its trading platform, uh, whether it was a moving average, whether it was a a specific request that user 0004 you you know put out it was a great experience because we got to see customer feedback actually turn into a solution for fidelity so shortly after that uh everyone knew i was interested in crypto everyone who knew me was like this guy is uh, a little nutty he's on the crypto end he's not like us you know so uh i i tried getting into coinbase And I said I tried because I tried back in 2017 when I first did that blockchain project, but got uh, no answers. It was a startup at the time, very small compared to what it is now. So I input my application. I reached out to a manager from Coinbase and the Coinbase manager says, hey, I'm looking for someone to do cold storage work for me. Well, at the time I knew what cold storage was, but I had never... Physically use uh, cold wallets myself. Everything has always been warm wallets for me. Warm wallets, DApps, Uniswap, uh, you name it. That's what I was using at the time. So I wasn't really familiar with cold storage, but sure enough, I got into cold storage. And there's a few things I can talk about, and then there's a lot of things I can't talk about just because of the uh, the clients, the clients that we dealt with, right? So. Basically, in a nutshell, what I was doing, I was actually ensuring that transactions were, from cold storage were being processed into the appropriate warm wallets. And what I would do is I would ensure that the correct user was on the call with me, um, different number of security protocols that I followed. And it was a very long process. I think it was, I want to say, a four-hour process to process a couple of transactions. But I started looking at these, I wouldn't say shortcuts, but I started looking at these uh, procedures and I said, how can we be more efficient? So I created a tool for Coinbase, which is still running to this time. It was me and uh, two more people. I I want to give my teammates credit. It's a team effort. So there were two other teammates and we created this awesome tool that Storage still uses to this day to go ahead and process uh, cold transactions to warm wallets very efficiently. And it's gotten so well that, I mean, I can't tell you what the future plans are for, quote, uh, storage at Coinbase, but let's just say that they're implementing it and trying to make it more efficient at this point in time. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, in in terms of backgrounds, it's always cool to connect
1: people because I came from a similar path. I was, well, I was agency side, but working with like traditional finance companies some fintech when possible worked into a credit union Then, obviously a same path like i was dying to work at coinbase like checking the job boards every day seeing waiting for something to pop up sending probably way too many applications and lord knows a ton of linkedin messages that probably may or may not have never gotten read i i I hear you on that side and and again it's it's cool once you know you make that first jump into your first time crypto job because it sounds like you probably similar to me uh we're spending quite a lot of time during your your days and nights and weekends you know while you were at uh, td and fidelity on crypto so you know to finally have the opportunity to bring that into you know what your job is what you get paid for um that was that was really cool for me i guess you know as you were looking at that transition and like getting to coinbase i know part of my thought was um when i applied to coinbase um, Again, scale very fast, but it was different from like the culture that I was used to. Like, how was how that experience for you? Do you have any tips for anybody coming into like the world of crypto since it is much faster? You know, how to kind of jump in without, you know, getting burned out or or any of these negative things that come with, you know, some of, of working in crypto?
0: Yeah, no, great question. So definitely very black and white when it comes to uh, crypto and TradFi. So, within crypto, um, you know, the currently the SEC is trying to figure out what crypto truly is, but crypto at, at the time was and continues to not be regulated, but it's a different sort of asset class. It's just reality. And we're still all trying to figure out what it is, but there's definitely a very big difference between both areas. So traditional finance, very corporate, email, slow pace, you start a project. You go through 10 different phases and then maybe it gets implemented. Maybe it just dies off. Maybe other projects come up and that's the end of the project. But at Coinbase, in the startup environment, and I know that Coinbase is listed, publicly listed, but I still believe that it is in the startup mode. And with Coinbase, everything is so quick, right? You have an idea. It's a great idea. Let's jump on board. Let's try it. Did it work? Did it not work? Rather than trying to build up a case study and figure out if it's going to work for six to six months to a year. No, and within six months, you're launching, you're implementing, and now you have a new platform, a new project, a new feature, uh, something that's real and out to the world. Uh, with Within structured finance. And I say structured finance because everything in traditional finance is currently structured. The way you talk to customers, what you can say to customers, how you deal with customers, how you execute transactions, the kind of transactions you can execute. Everything is so structured, including the people and the persons that you deal with at these firms. And I'm not saying this is negative or positive, but it is very different because I felt like at Coinbase, I could be myself and given the perk to say hey I'm getting paid to do what I love I was staying up till midnight uh, during traditional finance every single day and Saturday and Sunday trading buying trying out new protocols etc so going to Coinbase and, and being able to say hey I'm getting paid to do what I love it was it was amazing it was some of the best times in my life now in regards to burnout it is a startup environment so your laptop you get to choose when you shut that down you get to choose when you shut down your cell phone um and depending on your role um and the kind of the kind of responsibilities that you have you know it may vary you may not have the opportunity to put your cell phone down for 48 hours and it's just reality uh if you're waiting on trades to settle if you're waiting on deals and crypto is 24 7 and if you're waiting on these deals to be executed you have to be on your phone it's just reality so you you have to find you still have to find a a few hours in your day to put down your phone shut down your laptop but you also have to keep in mind approximately when your deals when your trades will execute uh when clients will set up meetings with you etc but you have to have some sort of control and meet clients uh, in in the middle and meet your manager managers and executives in the middle as well um, but when it's game time, it's game time. It's it's all hands on deck. It's not one person's off, one person's online. It's hey, everyone let's gather on let's gather together or let's get a round table and figure out how we can solve this problem. That's just horizon.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's a perfect way to put it. And I think that was that was my biggest challenge working at Coinbase was like everything was so cool, right? Like I almost spent equally as much time engaging with our different Slack channels and the product feedback and beta testing and like all these cool things that you got access to equally to like the the work that you do, which obviously, like you said, ends up in some late nights, but it was a super cool environment. Like I felt like in the short time I was there, I learned more about crypto and how to build, how to move fast. You know, again, Coinbase has a, a, a very good, you know, mission and they build a lot of how you interact around that. So like the people you connect with, again, you know, we're an example that, you know, we weren't on the direct team, but we were part of the company at the time and and we're connecting now and and staying connected as many others do. So it's, it's kind of like you become part of this group. And again, the access is great. Like I'm sure, you know, you, you saw it at Coinbase, like you get access to features that are being tested. And as a user of the product, I think that's what brought me to crypto was, you know, I use I used Coinbase. I use crypto. I participate in the ecosystem. Like to be able to do that for a job is is kind of like the perfect medium. So, like as you look towards your your next adventure, um, and I guess maybe even you know to maybe talk about the the kind of in between. Myself, I was laid off from Coinbase. Um, it sounds like you were part of um, kind of one of the most recent layoffs. What what was that like? Um, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, it was a place that you were at, um, having a lot of fun with that. I know obviously the last year was crazy, but, you know, walk me through kind of the day of the layoff. What what went through your head? You know, how did you adjust? What's that been like? Just to, you know, again, kind of connect with the listeners who might be in a, a similar place.
0: Yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, I, I was part of the uh, recent layoffs. And, and I say recent, January, right? It may not be uh, very recent for a lot of us, but I was laid off on January, and it's easy to get into this mode, into this mental negative state. To be quite honest, you know, but you you have to find something that motivates you. You have to, if you true, I truly enjoyed my time at Coinbase. So, what do I do at the moment? I go ahead, and many people may not agree with my leisure, but I write up a few different documents. I try out new protocols. I I continue building with small scale teams, NFT projects that I'm involved with. Um, I'm part of Farcaster now due to my involvement. I'm not sure if you're part of Farcaster, Alex, but if you're not, I'll send you an invite. I need an invite. I was just about to ask. <laughs> so, so I have a few invites. Reach out to me if you're listening to this. Um, but I'm part of Forecaster, a bunch of engineers, uh, Web3 developers, uh, people who really want to build out the future on this platform. Um, I'm part of Unlonely. The Unlonely app is great great uh, app for streaming as well, uh, Web3. Not shilling, just telling you the projects I'm part of. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, um, so it, you just, if you truly love something, you truly enjoyed it, you know, yeah, take a few days off, take a few weeks off if you need to uh, from the harsh reality that's just hit us. But at the end of the day, come back, rise up, continue working out, continue going to the gym if that's what stri- releases stress, continue traveling a bit. If you have the flexibility and then come back at your desk, reset and say, hey, I'm going to come in a little harder. You know, I'm going to come in faster, stronger than what I was previously. And that's been my mental state this entire time. As I mentioned to you before the car even started, I now have my GitHub. I'm not an engineer developer, but I'm looking to get into development now to have a better understanding and a better conversation if I ever get called back into a 3 firm. So that that's my plan. And it's very I was devastated um so the way it all happened I I got a meeting scheduled on my calendar and there was a lot of negativity around crypto at the time so I kind of had a feeling about that specific meeting and an announcement went out right after so I made it to my meeting there was a uh managing director in the meeting which I won't name uh great person nothing negative to say against Coinbase right um there was HR also in, in the meeting, and it was a simple call saying, hey, your position's no longer available through a web camera. At that point in time, I said, well, thanks for everything you you guys have done for me. Thank you for the platform. Thank you. You know, appreciate everything. Uh, I don't want to burn any bridges, especially within Web3. So I really said thank you to everyone, and I knew it was over. Business is business at the end of the day. It's not – it wasn't personal – it's not that they liked or disliked me. It's part of the business I was in, the business operations unit I was in. That's totally fair, for sure. Yeah. And it was definitely just uh, a moment that I took time to reflect. And, and I was in that space. I was in that little dark space that I put myself in where I said, hey, uh, maybe I wasn't good enough. You know, Maybe I wasn't good enough to stay at Coinbase. Maybe I did XYZ, could have done XYZ better. I started reflecting and that that was just... Not okay to do. I wish I would have skipped skipped that uh, stage and just gone to work out, continue golfing, continue working on my web skills. Because at the end of the day, um, all these layoffs, all these people, uh, you know, we just we just got unlucky. It it is what it is. We we got unlucky. We didn't do anything wrong. We gave up our lives, devoted our lives and times for something we truly believed in. And unfortunately, it's we're in a bear market at the moment. We're just in a very Mm -hmm. bearish vicious cycle globally market wise you name it Uh, everything is just not looking great at the moment and and that's reality but yeah just continue doing what you're doing continue moving forward build those skill sets that you didn't have a chance to build because you were working 8 to 17 hours a day you know (laughs) start mingling start showing up at clubs if you have a web three club in your area great if you don't create it bring people into the club and you know, hang out on the weekends during the weekdays. Talk about crypto. Talk about Web three projects, etc. But uh, the passion should never die. The pass. If you're truly passionate about something, it, th- that fire is always there. And that's my mentality at the moment, Alex. For sure. No, I I think you
1: you hit that perfectly, right? Like the roller coaster of emotions. You start out really sad, maybe upset, questioning. But then that's what's funny about. The world within digital assets of Web3 is, as soon as you get past that and you see how much else is out there, it's almost like I then went through the process of like, wow, this is a blessing, right? Like I got to work for a really cool company. Uh, They took care of you on the way out. You know, again, business is business, but they made sure they weren't burning bridges either. And then as well, like you're kind of shocked by the community factor, which is, you know, because you've worked with Coinbase, because you've got skills, you've built relationships, now you're getting to deploy that, like you mentioned, with different projects you are excited for that maybe you wouldn't have had the time to do in a nine nine to five job, or again sometimes outside of that with with Coinbase or other startups. And yeah, that was that's something that I'm I'm still really blown away by is just like the network capacity around digital assets for people that just want to help, right? Like even if it's they don't have a role, but maybe they can get you in contact with somebody. I mean, that's kind of the goal. With this podcast and and how we've been chatting the last couple of weeks is you know recruiters that are searching for someone with Carlos's background like hit him up right like this is a good way to showcase his skill set your background outside of just like a resume and, and what's on LinkedIn which is is kind of where Web three is going but talk to me a little bit about like the the job market now like you mentioned it's it's a bear market it's tough macro it's tough in tech and especially in crypto what's it been like and what's your experience recently like looking for that next um you know coinbase or, or next job within uh, a, a similar company
0: yeah a no, great question so uh, as you stated the web3 community is not just state or city it's global uh so with that said i've had people from around the world Singapore, um you know europe you, you name it people have just messaged me saying hey if I hear something, if I see a job posting, something that aligns with um, your background, I'll go ahead and send it your way. And um, with that said, that support is amazing. Um, unfortunately, reality is that as you stated, job markets are not very hot right now for for us. There's too many of us out there with no jobs and too little jobs. So I just personally, I'll put it out there. I probably at around I'm probably at around a thousand apps plus at the moment and I've had maybe six interviews and these are with Web3 firms and what takes place is I go through a few stages with these firms and I get ghosted or I don't receive a a follow-up email. I don't receive a, a denial either or I receive emails just automated saying, hey, this position is no longer available. Uh, two days after being interviewed for for the position. So it's a little stressful. I also understand that firms don't want to come out to the light and say, hey, we're looking weak, right? It's just reality. Again, it's business. No one wants to come out and say, hey, we're having a hiring freeze. We're not hiring. These positions are no longer available. Because it just sends, you know, it just starts a fire within the internal office for employees and morale just goes down the drain. So I totally understand it, it's business, but um, I would really appreciate if companies were uh, clear on the fact that, hey, we're posting a couple of jobs, but we're not actually hiring. And this is just for looks because there's been a couple of those and I don't want to name any firms specifically, but I've applied to firms with job openings and then my internal friends will come out and message me directly and say, hey, I'm not sure why they have the postings on, but we're either reducing our team or we're having a hiring freeze. So I get a lot of that. And that's the reality at the moment. Another reality is there's a lot of scammers out there. They have a uh, pretty decent websites, I want to say. Uh, so you upload your resume, you give them your information, and then they won't stop calling you. Currently, I have somebody calling me from India. I applied for a bank and it turns out, the website was not a legit website, but since I'm limited throughout my day and what I can do efficiency wise, I went ahead and applied and I guess I overlooked the the website. And there's a lot of that going on, but uh, that's that's currently where I'm at at the moment in, in that specific area. Well, I, I hate to hear that on the ghosting side. I think that is by
1: far, I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems, I will say that can't come up in a hiring process, but that is, one of the easier ones to avoid, um, from a, either individual recruiter, a team, or just like a company process, um, I think. You know the the flip side to that, to play devil's advocate on the companies, is with how many people apply. I mean, like I see these recs go up, and within 24 hours, there's like a thousand applications. So like I I get, you know, time is of essence, obviously. You know they're probably limited on staff but still like some communication is absolutely needed um even like you said if it's just hey it's not a fit let's stay in touch like at least you can close the loop especially if it's a job you're interested in but when you're you know kind of looking through the job market um i think one of the hardest parts right now of like web3 hiring is a lot of it goes on kind of behind the scenes right like linkedin is obviously a place you can apply there's a deed there's you know monster all these different job sites but like the cool startup companies or VC funded companies but don't post right so like have you found a way to maybe navigate into those areas or are you finding any success with maybe some of that networking get you to you know these maybe undiscovered places um, talk to me a little bit about kind of maybe you know going outside of,
0: of the box on on some of those searches yeah no great, great question. So you may have to correct me on this. Was it SBB bank that failed recently most recently?
1: one one of
0: them. There was one of there them was quite yeah. a
1: few, but they're probably the the most uh, startup related, probably one of the most well-known recently. that's that's fallen, unfortunately.
0: understood. And the reason I bring that up is because prior to the fall of uh, that specific bank, it was very easy to have conversations with all these uh, tech startups and web three companies. I was actually going to onboard a company a day so a day prior I had a I had an interview with the founder of a of a company of a web three company and they're like yeah we're going to bring you on board well the next day their bank shuts down right so they start having issues and they're like yeah we, we're actually financing everything through this bag so we're trying to figure out what's going on now pause never hear from them again you know, they're, they're trying to put out a fire. I get it. Um, but I want to say that it was much easier uh, previous to the bank failures to have these conversations with uh, a bunch of companies. Now, you, you do mention that there is almost a club-like organization uh, that happens in, in the background, right? A lot of these companies don't really need to post, especially if you just uh, got $100 million uh, funding or some absurd amount of money, people and people will read the news and will start applying. But um, as you mentioned, you need to know someone uh, within the firm. You have to have some sort of connection, whether it's socially, whether it's uh, financially. They have to know who you are. No one's just going to bring you on board to a high-risk company and expect for you to perform. They, they need to know who you are. And that's that's a problem I'm having at the moment. But the problem, the current problem is that I don't have the connections within these, uh, startup firms to walk out there and say, Hey, I'd like to go ahead and join your startup. And a lot of these companies are now switching from the remote, um, to, to, uh, in in in-house, right. So on site. So with that shift taking place, I'm in Texas and that eliminates a lot of the job opportunities for me because these firms are saying hey are you in san francisco oh you're not okay we're looking for someone in san fran are you are you in austin oh you're not okay i'm looking for someone in austin specifically in austin if you want to move to austin we will hire you we will give you a contract if you want to move to san francisco we will hire you we will give you a contract Th- that's the conversations i'm currently having at the moment and unfortunately i don't have the uh, flexibility to move uh to austin or san fran <laughs> I, I wish I did, but I currently don't, and uh, for that reason, I, you know, I'm more restricted to what's in the area, and unfortunately, what's in the area isn't as developed as San Fran and New York City. Unfortunately,
1: I I feel that frustration. I myself, based in based in Florida, but I I travel a good bit um, as just part of life and family. So, you know, again, Florida's barely got any crypto or even really tech startups. Where I'm at, um, I know Dallas. Uh, where you're at and kind of the Metroplex has obviously lots of companies, but even still, like you said, like the ones that you want to work for are either San Francisco, New York, um, Austin, obviously, like you mentioned, but I'm in a similar place. Like I am not in a place to move. Hopefully it doesn't get to a point where I have to, or you have to, but I'm hoping because the job market will shift at some point and the, you know, bull market will come back. It's now kind of an employer you know, leveled field where they they get to dictate they've got the power where the past three years was very employee related. But I do think the the remote work is going to come back. Like it's going to be something companies will have to do to compete for this next cycle since it probably will be a super cycle like everybody's talked about. Um and as well, I mean like from remote life, especially at Coinbase, like once you get into that and you know, tell me about your experience, you know, maybe um, you know, I I don't know if I want to go back, right? Like the remote flexibility what you can do, um, what you can take on. And again, just the balance is provided has been awesome. But I don't know, I, I still like going into an office. So I think it's kind of that weird period, right? Which is like, what's the best? What gets me the farthest? Um, and what's the most competitive? But like, what what's kind of your thoughts about that? It sounds like you're open. You know, ideally, what would you be looking for in kind of your next role, either from setup, you know, obviously the scope, or do you have like top companies that you're looking for that maybe, uh, if you do want a name, we can tag them. We can make sure we can maybe get this podcast to them so they can see your experience. You know, tell us a little bit about what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I, I think Coinbase found the formula, right? Coinbase allowed you to be fully remote, but we still had those um, meetings, those offsites. Specific work had to be discussed within the office or person-to-person meetings, just because of the nature sensitivity of what I was working on at the time. And I understand that factor as well. But I feel like if you're processing or if you're simply just initiating transactions and you truly don't need to see your colleague face to face, there's no reason for you to go into the office. As you mentioned, though, I still like meeting the team, getting to know the team. Uh, people act very different than they do on a zoom call or a Google call. When you're in person having a drink, you know, in in a nice city or a nice a restaurant, it's just a much different atmosphere. People let loose and, their true self comes out. So it's really nice to uh, build that bond and friendship. Something that I built a lot with a lot of my Coinbase colleagues. So shout out to all of them that are still there. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that I will say is I think employers need to not look at work from home as you either work from home or you're hybrid or remote. I think each business unit needs to take a deeper look and say, hey, we need employees to come in on these specific days for these valid reasons, not just because I want them to show up to the office, but because I believe that we need to discuss very sensitive matters on X, Y, Z days. So the outcome on Monday is a much better outcome. I I think uh, each business unit really needs to reflect on that and not just say, okay, this is fully remote. Because I mean, if we look at fully remote, fully remote positions are amazing. They offer flexibility. But they're not always fully remote. At the end of the day, I'm sure you met a couple of your colleagues from Coinbase. I met many colleagues from Coinbase. I met uh, managers, etc., in person. So even those offsites, right? Those offsites can it still work? At the end of the day, it's still socializing, it's still sharing ideas, collaborating, fixing problems live. If something comes up during a happy hour that you're having with your colleagues, you flip your laptop on in the startup environment and you get to work on it. It's just reality. So with that said, I'm open to a hybrid model. I'm open to working from home. Um, I've applied to so many companies that I'm not truly sure which companies are at the top bottom now unfortunately <laughs> you know the the companies uh, that i thought were at the top are no longer there in regards to structure and hiring so uh with that said i don't have specific shout outs to give to specific specific firms but i do understand that it's a very congested application process at the moment and i get that and for that reason I'm a logical thinker i i know that the world doesn't revolve around me. Doesn't revolve around the companies. But um, you know, we're people, and we're all trying to survive. And that's the number of applications that you see. But something I do want to ask recruiters is to simply, just every app that comes in, just you don't have to review it, but just realize that it's a life, it's a family, it's a future, and it's somebody's well-being. You know, recruiters have no idea. How much of a pathway this person has left uh, financially uh, if they can't pay their bills next month, if they can't pay their bills next week, next day, etc. And you know I, I applaud everybody who's out on the market right now uh, searching and myself, you know, not giving up and continuing being persistent even during times of uh, very little hope unfortunately. but um, I, I just ask that every recruiter, receives a resume, receives a message on LinkedIn, just try your best to answer us, try your best to, you know, lead us the right path. Uh, if you don't think we're a great fit for this opportunity, give us a XYZ, you know, obviously we're doing our research uh, at the moment. That's all we can do at this point in time. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a family, it's a salary. It's a livelihood. So, with that said, that's that's all I ask for. But at this point in time, if anyone wants to reach out to me, feel free uh, to reach out. I'll put my email address attached to this if possible, where I'll send it to Alex. Alex has my contact. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been very, it's been very tiring to fill out these apps. Um, I stay up till midnight sometimes filling these apps up. A, a new job will come up. LinkedIn will say, hey, new job opportunity at midnight. So I roll out of my bed, flip my laptop open and apply on the spot. Yep.
1: I've, I've been there too, in between where it's, it's a job, just finding another job, like you mentioned. And even with how competitive it's got, it's, it just never stops. Right. So I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll, call it out too, on the recruiting side, like, Hey, like you said, it's not just a resume. It's somebody behind that. There's a, a family, a life behind that too. So anything helps, right? Like I think the transparency is always important in a hiring and recruiting process. I think it's even more important during a bear market hiring where, you know, don't be one of those companies or hiring managers or recruiters that is not transparent about, is this remote? Is this on site? How many days on site? Um, What does growth look like? I know a lot of companies right now I've seen, you know, tried to negotiate harder on things like salary or, you know, just different parts with equity or bonus. So, again it's not an opportunity for companies to you know diminish the quality of work they still should be paying market they still should be being transparent even if not the work right like i think the the attention's on these companies to do it so yeah i'm calling that out too it's something that you know if you're listening as a recruiter like again it's it's with uh you know good intentions we say that we hope everybody you know does it for the the right way and and then again I, i think it provides just a better experience but we absolutely um if you're watching this on youtube as well as um after the show we'll post all of this on twitter discord we'll get it on linkedin we'll have all your information um, carlos in terms of you know your your information you want to share so that people can reach you um and again you know if you're listening and are somebody at a firm in crypto and traditional finance you know it sounds like carlos is open to a few different areas of just inter- interesting projects give them a shout or even if you're not, if you know somebody um, let's leverage that network, let's leverage those connections to, to help somebody um, that's contributed to the ecosystem, you know, find that, that new place. But um, yeah, Carlos, I'll, I'll leave you with the, the last word. If, if there's anything you want to say before we uh, we close up shop on, on this episode.
0: Yeah, no, Alex, uh, just want to say thank you. It's my first time here with you. Uh, great host, great person, genuinely amazing Coinbeast colleague and person that I've come across. So thank you so much, Alex. Do appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely,
1: man. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping really soon I hear some good news. And then we could do a follow-up episode where you can talk about, again, this new opportunity that you're going to be in. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, as well. Like, I, I really like that you've been an advocate for others. I've seen you engage on LinkedIn, share opportunities. Um, it's you know the, the ex Coinbase family runs strong, so it's it's always you know good to connect with someone from that. And excited to see where that goes. But thank you to all that that joined to listen to this episode of Recruiting Ish. Make sure to like and subscribe on all major podcast platforms as well as if you want to watch us with the visual we do post on YouTube as well as TikTok shorts for any of the short form viewers out there. But we'll see you next Tuesday. See ya.